Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. When I was a boy, my maternal grandfather and I would go for walks along the Little White River on the northern part of the reservation. We walked all over. We walked along the river, over the hills, across the meadows, the prairies, wherever. And this occurred over a few years, in any season of the year. He just liked to walk. He liked the physical activity to walk, and he liked to look at the land. He liked to point things out to me. And I paid attention. But there was something that he did. We would stop every now and then. And he did this frequently. We would stop and he would grab me by the shoulders and he would turn me around and he would make me look at the trail the way we had come to this point. And he would say, remember that trail, remember the way we came. And I dutifully said, yes, Grandpa. He did this a lot. Finally, when I was seven, the year before I went away to school, I worked up the nerve to ask him, well, Grandpa, why are you saying this? Why are you making me look back? And his answer was simple enough, and and it fell into place for me years later. He said, one of these times I'm going to send you back down these trails by yourself, and if you don't remember the way, you will be lost. that is a statement about our past that big quantifiable past that is there that is larger than anything in our lives if we don't know how we got to the point that we are as individuals and as a society but especially as individuals then we're lost because we don't know where we came from not the flamboyant warrior with the feathers in his hair and the lance in his hand, which is an iconic image that everybody has of Native people. No, that's not what we were about. That's only part of what we were, only a small part of what we were as people. The other part is compassion and having a purpose and taking care of each other. Those were the most important things. So that's why ancestry is important to me. That's why ancestry should be important to everybody no matter who we are, whether we're native or not, no matter what our culture is, no matter what our society is, no matter what our standing in the community is, and I don't care what we do for a living, ancestry is important. You have to know the trail that you came down to be at the point that you are as an individual. You have to look back at that trail, the road that you have walked with your ancestors. Their values, kind of people they were, 
kind of mistakes they made, the kind of accomplishments they had. They're all a part of me. All of that is part of who I am. Hello, everyone. Welcome to America Meditating Radio. That was Joseph Marshall. Didn't you love that? Chief Joseph Marshall. Do you remember the way from which you've come and where you're going? The importance of valuing our ancestors. And do you walk into a room with the energy that your ancestors are also with you and you're not alone? Just imagine the pure vibrations, the pure thoughts, the pure wishes, the blessings that they have imparted and left on us from many, many lifetimes are still traveling with us. And sometimes we forget that. We get caught up in the distraction and the petty issues that unfold on a day-to-day basis. And we forget the wisdom that we were born with and gifted with and blessed with. November is National Native American Heritage Month, which is a time to especially recognize the many sacrifices, contributions, and achievements of Native American people, as well as to celebrate their rich and vibrant cultures. Joining us today is a friend of mine, Anita Sanchez, who is a powerful visionary woman of Mexican-American and indigenous Aztec heritage. She is a transformational leadership consultant, speaker, coach, and author of the international best-selling book, The Four Sacred Gifts, Indigenous Wisdom for Modern Times. Dr. Sanchez bridges the indigenous teachings with the latest science to inspire and equip women and men to enjoy meaningful, empowered lives and careers. She's also a member of the Transformational Leadership Council with luminaries such as Jack Canfield, Marianne Williamson, and John Gray, as well as the Association of Transformational Leaders, the Evolutionary Business Council, and serves on the boards of the Bioneers Organization and the Pachamama Alliance. Today we welcome our dear friend, Dr. Anita Sanchez, to the air. Welcome. So nice to have you. Thank you. I'm so delighted to be here. Mm-hmm. So, Anita, in 1990, President George W. Bush approved a joint resolution designating November as National American Indian Heritage Month. You know what? I have to tell you, I so miss President Bush nowadays. He's done some good things that we're starting to really acknowledge. Even the African American History Museum was another thing that he signed into power. Anyway, um, the name eventually changed to the National Native American Heritage Month. What are your thoughts about the plight of our Native American brothers and sisters at this time? Well, I walk with, um, I guess, polarity, uh, both sides of it. One is um, the incredible, rich heritage, the practices that aren't just from the past, as you opened up with our ancestors that taught us, but that those continue on today and continue. We're in indigenous people in every walk of life and contributing. On the other side that I also hold, though, is that unfortunately, um, the presence of when the Europeans first came in the colonization, much of those pains and hurts and mistreatments continue. And so it's, it's able to know that we only have one hoop of life. And so in that hoop, it's about reconciling, about bringing forth who we're meant to be, which is um, human beings, whole human beings, who understand their relationship with ourselves, each other, and the earth. And there's much to be done there. And, and yet, 
we have such wisdom from our indigenous people that exist all over the world. Um, but we'll stay here in the U.S. for now since we're celebrating mm-hmm. this month. There's so much here, Sister Jenna, as you know. There is. Now, medical care and the pharmaceutical industry are very important and controversial topics in the U.S., especially now. How do indigenous people define medicine, and how is it different from the Western view of medicine? It's quite different. It's not, it's, you know, the thought that comes to us is not going down to the pharmacy and getting some medicine things. In Mm -hmm. actuality, how I was taught is that each of us are medicine. We get to choose in every moment whether we're going to be good medicine or bad medicine. Good medicine is anyone or anything, so that could be plants, stone, other minerals, anyone or anything that puts into alignment the spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical. Bad medicine is anything or anyone that takes that out of alignment. So what I see, and when we talk about healing and wholeness and um, medicine and that, that is represented in me, it's represented in the plants that we, we can take, the water, all beings. So it's quite different. And so it's a, a daily process of, of healing and, and being good medicine. In your TED Talk, you had shared about a lesson from your uncle. Um, it was about how we are all connected to one another and what it means to be a whole human being. What was the lesson that he shared? And, and how can we help? each other to think about that oneness that goes beyond characteristics like race, ethnicity, gender, you know, financial um, differences. Yes, and thank you for bringing up my Uncle Lyric, because when we talk, um, the first thing that happened in my mind as you opened up was we don't start with, we have to start with talking about those who came before. And so one of the rich people in my lives that came before was my uncle, Lyra, who taught me, taught me much. And so as a little girl, we would go to the Osage Reservation, and he would teach us. And I remember he was not very tall, but he seemed huge to me. And he would raise his arms and put them in a big circle and said, you know, this is the hoop of life. This is the earth. This is all of us. And he said, to be a whole human being means to live in harmony, in right relationship with the people, the earth, and the spirit. And so if you do anything, anything bad, mean, um, that is not a benefit to a human being, you not only hurt that human being, you hurt all human beings. You hurt the earth, you hurt the spirit. And he would go around the that. And if you desecrate that water, if you spit in that water, if you poison it, you not only hurt the water, the earth, but you hurt the spirit and hurt the people. And I just mm-hmm. remember sitting there as early as four, um, but luckily for a number of years I got to go there and learn from him, is that well, on one hand I thought, oh, I have a lot of power. For a little girl I was already thinking, that's a lot of power. But it was also, oh, my gosh, please, I don't want to hurt anything because we're all connected. We're all one. There was not uh, any kind of teaching of separateness. It was all about we are intimately interconnected. We are all my relations, all the precious relations. Yeah. Why do you think we forget that? Why are we so blind, especially not everyone, but right now the, the mainstream media promotes blindness. And you and I know they make their money on 
finding an audience that goes into the fear, the division, the, the anger, the hate. And so there are a lot of my brothers and sisters who might not be using their discerning abilities. And so they're not thinking for themselves. So they become blinded. But there are a lot of intelligent people out there with a lot of money and a lot of know-it-all, and they too seem blinded. Any thoughts about what the Native Americans would speak on when you don't think for yourself or think futuristically where it creates oneness amongst us? What do they say? Well, there's quite so many lessons that were taught to me around this. One of them is that always are often the toughest but the most rewarding journey in life is the journey from the head to the heart and back again. And that's constantly happening. And so one of the things that's happening now is because people are just caught in their head, in their mind, that's got a racing and bombarded with all this information, overwhelmed, but not with wisdom. They're not dropping into their heart. And that's mm-hmm. where we need to lead is from our heart. And so what we're taught as indigenous people is that the power of leading from the heart, and you bring the mind along. So we're not looking at more separation, but rather it is the heart when we get still and go into the, that wisdom that's deep within us. Then we are able to determine and sense the amount of fear that media and others are, are portraying to us. And I'm not talking about denial about facts that are real, but the kind of fear. And instead, if we can drop and do that journey every day, every moment that we can think about coming from the heart, then we'll be able to decipher things. But that fear kind of thing is real. And we do know that it's not just media. It's all sorts of makes their money by fear that you don't have enough, you don't have enough, you don't have enough. But Mm -hmm. when we drop into that place, knowing that we are part of everything. We have Mm -hmm. more than enough. We are sufficient. We are part of the water, the earth, every being, every two-legged. We're all connected. And when you really take away that illusion of separateness, that we are only, that we're alone, it's a whole different way of being in the world. And then we can be, as my uncle Lyra said, be that whole human being. That can bring happiness and harmony to our own lives and to all that we touch. Right. Why does it make sense for folks like me and you, like to just be better human beings? And some of our other brothers, they're still struggling to just even say hello to somebody of a different color or a different religion. I I have a number of ideas about that, but one of the key ones is that we each get to use our gifts. And I mm-hmm. believe that what I know of you, Sister Jenna, is that you're someone who, who came in knowing you wanted to use your gifts for the good, that knowing, understanding that. And some people have just forgotten. I don't think they're flawed. I don't believe human beings are flawed. I think they're mistaken. They've forgotten. And we've got to come out of this nightmare dream that, we, that many are living in. And a way to do that is to begin to use some of the gifts that that we have. Uh, And one of those is healing, what we were just talking about, that we each have the gift of healing, that we get to decide in every moment to surround ourselves with, with, first of all, listening. So we can listen Mm. to, are we we healing and whole? Are we listening to to others? But listening to ourselves, just starting with that, listening to what's happening in our heart instead of just bracing again. So I think using the major gifts that all of us have 
can help bring us back. But it's it's a remembering. I don't want to yes. other people, and I know you're not either. I, what I mm-hmm. said, opening the invitation, because they everyone is already part of the hoop of life. It's that yes. just some have forgotten their sacredness, and and that remembering of our own divinity, of our uh, our credible power to yes. heal ourselves and heal others can be reawakened easily by using some tools like listening and surrounding yourself with uh, supportive people and unconditional love and, and just getting into action, Sister Juno. As you know, so many people are sitting and like, well, wait a minute. The GPS doesn't work unless you move the car to see where you're <laughs> going. And they're like, well, but nothing's <laughs> happening. Well, you've got to be in motion. And, I, again, I think people get fearful. Well, I might make a mistake or I can't, you know, it's like, well, wait a minute. No, life is, is always in motion. Uh, the yes. hoop of life is we. So we need to support each other. And so I really, as I talk to you, I am sending the energy, as I know you always do, is the awakening of all beings into the beauty and wholeness that we have to create a world that really is thriving for not only us, but for seven generations out at minimum. Mm-hmm. Amen. You know, you're talking a lot about moving and the importance of bringing all that energy that we have into action. You guide journeys into the Amazon rainforest with the Pachamama Alliance. And I know a lot of people still don't know about this alliance and how much good it's doing. Could you share about um, its work, but also the experience? You know, tell us about the experience of going and, and being guided in the Amazon rainforest and you know, I think now, uh, I think, has the fires stopped now? No, the they fires have, are right? still no, burning. still burning? Well, some, wow. of, some of them are still burning. Well, they're still being, you know, they get started by human beings wow. who've forgotten. So they're, they're happening. Um, but there, at least there's a lot of discussion and work on trying to find an alternative. But, um, yes, so, yes, I would be glad to tell you about because that is one of the huge joys that I have in my life in that, um, back in uh, 2007, uh, eight, I didn't know I was going to be without work for about three and a half years, and I just couldn't sit around my husband and I and you know worry. And we had two young children, and so instead we said, "Well, okay, we'll just volunteer our time and cut back on everything." And I found the Pachamama Alliance, Lynn Twist who I ended up being in a global leadership mm-hmm. circle with, 18. And she kept talking, and I looked at her, and I kept saying, oh, my gosh, you look like a cheerleader, but you talk like an elder. Who are you? <laughs> so I went down to the Amazon, and you know her, so you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. She's a wonderful woman. So I went mm-hmm. um, to the Amazon with them and found so much about my ancestors there and the healing power of just stepping off that little plane and going, what is that? And what that is, right when you step off in the depths of the sacred headwaters of the Amazon, is oxygen. So all those little ailments and things and not feeling like you had you, you're, you're, the oxygen is just going right to your toes and beyond, you know, throughout your whole body, you just start sensing that. But going there, uh, now since, I've been leading journeys every year, one journey a year with my husband. And it's such a joy um, to learn from the people there who the Ashwar and the Sapara, who teach us about what it, who we are and what we are, but they teach us not like telling. It's really opening our hearts again and being 
experiencing that connection to nature, which happens in such a big way there. So when you go, all the people come out to greet you and, you know, they take you and you just learn about every single plant they understand, every, every, how the water moves, um, we talked about flooding last time, last summer when we went, with a lot of water coming down from the Andes. And this little boy goes, you don't need to worry. And it's all being translated. And Sister Jenna, he goes, because we don't have to be afraid of it. Once the, the frogs and things start moving, then we know to move too, that then we are in danger, so we need to all move. So it's those kinds of clear understanding of who they are, what they are, and they realize, all of us who go there realize very quickly that when they talk, they don't talk about living in the rainforest or on the rainforest or whatever. They talk about being part of the rainforest. And Sister Jenner, what would be that be like if all human beings realized, which science tells us, you know, we're all these minerals, the water, all these things of the earth, if we walk this earth knowing in our hearts and our minds that we are part of it rather than separate from it. And that yeah. then extends to each other as well. Would that be, and I, I think that's, that's one of my dreams and visions, and I think it will happen. It, it, it is happening. We want it to happen faster, <laughs> but sure. it is that awakening. Right, so in right, the Amazon, it's, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I want to say one last thing about the Amazon. One of the things, Sister Jenna, the fires are horrific. One of the things that did happen that I see more and more people are awakened to, they just don't know. And this is where I have some compassion. They just didn't know. But I can't tell you how many people have come up to me and said, you know, the, the Amazon, we've got to protect that. That's 20% of the oxygen in the world. And, and Anita, did you know that there are these floating rivers that come off the Amazon and, and it packs our weather all over the earth? And I'm so excited when they say that. And I just said, thank you, thank you for sharing that because that we would begin to understand just as we do with Amazon is true for virtually everywhere. Everything is intimately interconnected. We are all related. Yes, amen to that for sure. The Native American people are known to be extremely resilient. Uh, there's been a lot of opportunities for them to practice resiliency. Uh, and it's in, in a way, it's a sad state of affairs. Then, you know, it's entropy, things change. Um, it was, I mean, it's always been the land of the Native Americans, and then individuals have come on. And sort of acted like this is ours, and I'll just you know sweep you over there. There's always been a resilience, no matter what they're going through. There's a resilience. How can the example of Native Americans help us to find our own resilience, especially in the wake of such fearful times in our country? If I could share a quick little story, uh, my mm -hmm. grandmother did this with my older sister and younger sister. I was four at the time. And we were staying at her home. We got up early. It was still dark. And she took us outside by her garden. And we stood there. And as the sun came up, she told us to face the direction of the sunflowers in her garden. And we did. And we stayed there in silence for five minutes. And then throughout that day, every hour, she'd gather us and we'd stand there, the direction of the sunflower, for five minutes. And then we'd go off and play and then back again and again through nightfall into the dark. And I share that because what she, lesson she taught, taught me 
I, I didn't have a sense of it as a little girl. I just thought it was fun being with my grandmother and my sisters. And these sunflowers turned. They were constantly facing the sun. They kept turning and turning and turning. But the other part that was really powerful that she taught us is in the depth of the darkness, the direction the sunflowers face is each mm-hmm. other. And so that lesson was so powerful. And so that's part of, I share that <laughs> because I think that for all of us right now, we are in, in some pretty serious times and, um, and fear and other things can arise. And so what we need to remember is to face the sun, to face the light and to pay attention to who's around us when there's darkness to seek each other for support to continue on because life seeks life. Yes. Life seeks life. Yes. Yes. We do need to turn more to each other. And with social media and technology, do you think that's helping us still? Or do you think we're moving further away from each other? What do you think? Again, I think it's how we use it. But I do know I'm not going to give up my social media or my computer or my smartphone. However, Mm -hmm. I put it down every day for periods of time because you can't Google wisdom. You can look up what wisdom means on these things, but you can't Google that. That comes from a different place. Those machines do not do that. So we need to create the space where we can learn about that wisdom that's deep inside each of us, that is in nature, that is being offered by indigenous wisdom keepers and other wisdom keepers, and that that is essential. So I I'm I'm not going to say that it's not. In fact, in the hoop of life, some of my elders have taught me, Anita. Yes, we even mm-hmm. have to include the computer and the smartphone, uh, even though they're great distractions. It's about we created those and. Everything in the hoop of life belongs there. However, not everything acts in the sacred way all the time. So that's part of what we, our responsibility. Yes, yes, I agree with that. So with us looking at November as the Native American month, what plans do you have to honor this month and um, anything on the agenda? Oh, yes. Well, (laughs) <laughs> yes, I've been at quite a few gatherings, uh, Sister Jenna. This year has been filled with um, an unplanned uh, spiritual pilgrimage that's taken me to Scotland and Kyrgyzstan, of course going to the Amazon every year, um, Sundance in various parts of the U.S., other places. It's been very powerful. But for this month, it is being with um, the Pachamama Alliance, so my brothers and sisters from the Amazon will be coming in to uh, San Francisco on November 14th. And uh, for several days, we'll be in ceremony and uh, engaging various people who come, uh, who are supporters of Pachamama Alliance. So I'm very, very excited about that, just to be together with these folks that I love so much who have been caring and um, being with the rainforest that supports all life. So I'm, I'm doing that. Um, and then um, later this month, uh, as every day, so this is what's kind of funny. There are special mm-hmm. things. Thanksgiving is an important thing, but there's giving thanks every day. And Native right. American Month is important in that people have not forgotten. 
So it makes a formal way. So I thank, like you said, President Bush, I thank you for making it a month. The reality is every day I start my day in, you know, a sacred ritual and chanting and end my day every the same way, wherever I am. And in between, just be a grateful whether it's a business person, whether it's an indigenous person, a child, whoever it is, wherever they are, just in gratitude mm-hmm. for that and always in gratitude for the earth. So my family will be coming. I have my older son is getting married uh, next year. And so he and his fiance are coming mm-hmm. for the holidays, the end of the month. So uh, it's just a time, I think, to um, be awakened by that. And mm-hmm. two other things I want to say. In this month, people often ask me, what do you, what do you want us to do? Mm-hmm. And there's two things that I, that I invite them to do. One is, remember where you came from. Remember the land, the water where you came from. And by that, not just where you were born, but your ancestors. So if they came from Finland, if they came from Japan, if they, wherever they came from, Remember them this month, and even in your imagination, vision going back to that place where you come from, your ancestors, mm-hmm. and give, ask forgiveness for having left, and, and celebrate that this land and water gave you life. It's a very important thing to do. We all are part of the earth. We're all indigenous, not in the tribe in the way that we often talk about now of carrying on the original wisdom, but we are of that. So that's one really key thing. And then the second thing that I invite people to do for Native American Month is wherever you are, wherever you reside, find out who are the people there. Find out there are probably some still there. You know, they're not all mm-hmm. gone. Not all indigenous people tribes got wiped out. So we have their rapo here in Colorado where I live. And learn more about them and give gratitude to the land and the water that you are now a part of you that is giving you life every day. So to do that, to remember our connection to the earth and to each other, that to me is the best, best recognition of the celebration of Native American Heritage Month. Thank you so much for that, and that's something that I can even do the moment my feet touch the ground when I get out of bed. Yes. I mean, I can just Absolutely. literally do that, right, right? So you yes. spoke a little bit about the earth, and, you know, you're seeing a lot about climate emergencies, and there are quite a few people who deny climate change and global warming. Um, what do the elders say uh, regarding the the transformation of our planet and of human civilization because I know you know like the Hopi tribe will say we are the ones that we've been waiting for or they will say you know the winds will come and show you know their fearsome force and will transform man and you know man will start to believe in a higher consciousness what do what what secrets are you and the native other American members of your tribe and family and culture which belongs to the whole world, by the way. What secrets do you know about the future and the change of the planet or the earth? In ceremony, both here in the United States, as well as what I've experienced this year in other parts of the world, there have been some major themes that have come across in each one of them in their different languages and their different rituals. 
that has come from spirit uh, messages for us. And one is that we are in that time that all of us matter. It is serious. It is urgent um, that we remember that we are all connected and that we reconnect to the earth specifically, but to each other, that we change the way we are illusion of separateness. And those messages have been really strong. And two other themes that have come with that uh, in these different ceremonies is that women, women, our voices, our actions Mm -hmm. matter now more than ever. They always have. And it's not about men don't matter. It's about it is important for us to use our courage, use our voices to shift what is happening and not wait, not wait for systems and structures to change to just do that. And, um, and it's, it's just very urgent. The other thing that's come through, and I just want to say because you mentioned the Hopi prophecy, the Hopi prophecy, one of the Hopi prophecies that also came from um, New Zealand is one that I actually, um, people were saying when Kyrgyzstan, Scotland, so it's, it's one that's important to us right now. And, and it is no secret, it's important for all of us to know, that we are in a time in their prophecy, and we're in a time where the river is raging, and can't even tell it's a river. And on the banks, people, human beings are clinging to the banks, trying to, trying to uh, survive this raging river. And that what we're being told is, no, you will just create more suffering clinging on to the, what no longer is, that is washing away. Instead, you are to let go. Let go and let the river take you. Keep your head above as it rages and look around. Look around who's around you. Be in community with the mm-hmm. river and with each other. For the river mm-hmm. knows where it's going. We don't. So, but, so that that prophecy i'm hearing in different places and i believe that it means that we of course i think it speaks to itself all the listeners can can interpret it but that we this is something that we need to let go of uh, our attachment to things way things are to be part of the shift to there's a level of trust in ourselves as well as trust in a great greater mystery Mm-hmm. Um, and that, but it takes action. We're in motion. We have to be in a, in positive action. And, um, so thank you for asking me because there were such powerful things. So the this last thing on the women, I don't want to forget that because I know women are mm-hmm. listening in Kyrgyzstan. The whole week was in ceremony of unity, unity of women, because the messages, the ceremonies had been so strong it was a calling together of women. And so 24 indigenous women were there, and every day we were in ceremony, and it was about unity. The other part that came up was forgiveness. Women forgiving each other for competing with each other, and that's Mm -hmm. part of the shift that needs to happen. So just, again, um, we all matter. We are not our circumstances, and this is not just for Wealthy people, poor people, short people, tall people, dark people, red people, white people. This is for all, it's important for all of us to remember who we are, what we are, and that this 
illusion of separateness. You can look to science. You can look to your spiritual practices. All of them, most all teach about our interconnectedness and let wash away that which is causing great suffering, which is this mindset of separateness, of just yeah, me yeah. instead of we. Now, I've asked this question to a few of my Native American friends, and um, I don't know if I'm just maybe not asking the right ones. Um, my question has always been, why is it that many Native Americans haven't traveled to India to acknowledge or recognize that heritage? And and is there, I mean, what what's your understanding of Indians like in India? Is there a relation? Is there a connection? Is there a bloodline? Um, has there been a lot of yes. conversations about that? that? Well, yes, they're indigenous people in India. Um, in fact, I just spoke but not to a just friend indigenous. of mine. Uh, yes, yeah, but all not, the, you're talking about all yeah. the spirituality. Well, the especially is, like the Indians, like okay, for example, like India is India, and so one of the ideas or the concepts have come is that before the planet broke into pieces because of earthquakes and natural calamities, uh, the origin of man was in that particular sector, India, Africa, you know, that Middle Eastern corridor, and when mm-hmm. it broke up, you know, individuals started to spread out. And the residents mostly found in all these other countries around the world were Native Americans, what we call Native Americans. But, and I could be wrong, my understanding is that they still came from the source of that space. So my question was, uh, is there some reference that, you know, like my heritage you know, goes back to the motherland of India? For example, if I speak to African Americans, they will say that they want to trek back to Africa to find their roots. But I never hear Native Americans say they want to trek to India to find their roots. Could you elaborate on that for me for my own clarity? Yeah, so, um, of course, being a a social scientist to my Ph.D. in organization development, you know, I've asked indigenous people, so you're not the only one I've asked to, like, so what is your, your story, your, you know, coming to life story in that. And so what I found from indigenous people all over, and including here, many have their own how we came to be story. Some said, you know, that it came right out of the earth here. So others and the stars. Others said, you know, across the Bering Strait. Others tribes in the south said, no, we came from as far south as Tierra del Fuego. And there's all different kinds of scientific information. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, and some will say, no, we all are come from Africa, some of the first people. And so it's it's quite diverse. Um, what I do hear universally pretty much with across the various tribes that I know of is that we are all one. We have the four direction, that the great spirit created these four directions, um, the black direction, the white direction, the red direction, and the yellow direction, with the minerals, the elements, the key elements that were part of that. And it was always meant to be one hoop. And so there is acknowledgement that we all are connected and we need each other. We're all relatives. Um, so, but in terms of when you get right down to it, I know what you're talking about. Like, what is your origin story? You will have some people who, of course, want to connect with every, every and then others who, who say, no, this, I am where my people came from. I am where the start, the origin was. So it's, it's, it's diverse perspective mm, okay okay i'm just curious i've always wanted to hear answer to that yeah well and for me i'm one of those people that, like i just 
I just believe in what the um, believe in experience so much in my life of the interconnectedness that wherever that source came from, whether it was in Africa or whether it was in what is now India, or it's that rejoice in that. I'm so excited to learn the wisdom because there's variations that are so life-giving, and then there's such themes of threads of similarity, again, which is life-giving. And we so need that wisdom at this time. Beautiful. Well, it's been fantastic having my conversation with you. Leave us with a website that we can get more information on your work and come back again. Thank you. Yes, uh, you can go to foursacredgifts.com, F-O-U-R, sacredgifts.com, and that's where you can learn a lot about uh, my writings and my work um, in diversity and inclusion. Thank you so much, Sister Jenna. Same here, Dr. Sanchez. All the very best. So November is National Native American Heritage Month, and we've been given wonderful advice and thoughts about what we can do to support this very sacred month of teachings, of divinity, of grace, of spirituality, but also of a culture that has left us a planet and an earth and a society that we should honor with sacredness. Start the moment you step out of bed. If you want some more information about Dr. Sanchez and her work, please go to foursacredgifts.com or go to sancheztennis.com if you'd like some more information. Hope you've enjoyed our chit-chat today. And remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And we really are here to love each other the same. So let's do that. I'm going to end the show with uh, I guess Om Shanti Om might be appropriate. <laughs> Take good care. Bye-bye.
Sister Jenna, you've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or in iTunes, 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.